0: Welcome to the intersection of Black culture and horticulture with your girl Cola B talking, and guess what y'all—we black in the garden. Hey. You have arrived at the intersection of Black culture and horticulture with your girl Cola B talking, hostess with the mostess of black in the garden. hey soil cousins it is your girl cola be talking the hostess with the mostess of the black in the garden podcast that you are tuned into at this very moment and you are welcome we are happy to have you uh lending me your ears you know i do not take that for granted and i'll always remind you because i'm happy that you're here happy that you're tuned into the podcast we have a fantastic guest celebrating seeds of resilience And be a part of the premiere, which is actually happening just after this episode comes out. But I'm actually kind of getting ahead of myself. I need to shout out Atlanta Botanical Garden, who is the sponsor of Black in the Garden Season 5, which is a season that you are currently listening to. It's lit. It's a great time. You know, we got four seasons before this. If you are new to the podcast, Soil Cousin, that is you. That is... The community is Soil Cousins, but if you are new, you got a lot of catching up to do. So love that for you. But (laughs) we are proudly sponsored by Atlanta Botanical Garden. That is always doing some fun, cool, interesting things. Currently, Origami in the Garden is happening. I've been there, didn't get the t-shirt, but if you go in the gift shop, you can find the Black in the Garden coloring experience. You can also get it online if you can't get all all the way over there. I get it. But yeah, so went to see Origami in the Garden, had a fantastic time, actually went on Mother's Day, and it's going to be beautiful no matter what day that you go. But if you are local in Atlanta, ATLians, hey, go on over there to Atlanta Botanical Garden. Tell them Cola B talking sent you. Just let them know. And that's a great way to share the <laughs> share with your our soil cousins about Black in the Garden podcast because word of mouth means a lot. Word of mouth helps significantly with helping this podcast grow. We love growth, right? We are all either growers or grower adjacent in even listening to a podcast such as this. So uh, let us help it continue to grow. We're happy to have the support from Atlanta Botanical Garden, but we always need all the support that we can possibly get. So check out the episode notes for specific details, lots of details on how you can contribute to the growth of Black in the Garden podcast. You have options. Believe it or not, just by giving me your feedback, particularly by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts, Um, on Spotify, you can go ahead and tap that five star thingamajig at the top. Just trust me. It's there. Go look for it. If you're listening on Spotify, stop what you're doing right now. Pause it. Go to the actual show and you'll see the stars at the top. Just tap that for me right quick because you want to support the show. And thank you, by the way. We don't take it for granted. So those are ways that you can support. You can leave a review on Apple Podcasts. You can text me. The number is in the episode notes. And just let me know what's resonating with you. My number one question generally is, how did you find Black in the Garden? Did somebody tell you about it? Did it come up in, in recommendations? There are so many unknowns and un uh, and, and mysteries that come On the other side of the mic out there in cyber world, how did you find Black in the Garden? What are you growing right now? What plants are really getting you excited? What is the plant that really activated your green thumb? Do you even feel like you have a green thumb? I don't know who's listening, but I do want to say hello to Michelle Obama because I assume she's listening. Please tell Oprah to tune in. Do you have a plant prayer request to share with me? I actually had a Soil Cousin text me recently with a very specific plant prayer request. We honor those, we do that. We, we will pray for your plants because we want them to succeed and to thrive, okay? So <laughs> consider that number, the plant prayer request hotline, and um, I'm happy to hear from you one way or another. If you have criticism, that's fine. Like, we're all humans and we are, many of us are critical, myself included. But if you have criticism, please make it polite. Like, don't be rude. I'm not going to respond if you're rude anyway, but (laughs) we do appreciate all forms of feedback and all forms of support, of course. So make sure that you do that. And as we are talking about support, let's get into Seeds of Resilience support that once again check the episode notes to see how you can tune in this archival documentary we're going to get into that because tabia our special guest the director tabia Listenby parker is going to uh, get into all of that seeds of resilience is premiering this week presented by food well alliance in partnership with WABE. We love all of those folks over at all those places. Tabia is the director of this very amazing, poetic, and beautiful documentary that you can currently see season one and season two. By the time you hear this, very likely you should be able to at least tune into Seeds of Resilience season one, but season two is right behind it. so. What we're gonna do in this episode is just celebrate how it came to be and the origin story of Seeds of Resilience, its significance and its relation to the city of Atlanta, Georgia. So that's what we're focusing on here. I have a confession right quick. Who I have a confession. My goodness, I am dealing with quite a bit in, in my personal life. Many of us are, but a part of that is this sort of kind of fatigue, not fatigue, withdrawal is the word. I have not been gardening, growing things. I really haven't had plants. My space, I don't have much of a space to speak of, unfortunately, but all of that is going to change very soon of course you know your support helps with that endeavor but my confession is that i am just feeling withdrawal from nature i need to be among the trees (laughs) i need to be in the soil i need to be tending to that and if you've dealt with withdrawal from anything in any way then you can understand that it comes with you know, a variety of emotions and frustrations and physical and emotional, mental responses that are just not fun. I have legitimately been watching forest videos on YouTube just to simulate being in the forest. At this part of my journey, in this season of my life, growth is happening. It's happening, But there is a lot of adjusting and with adjusting comes balancing and consistently trying to find the balance between, OK, this thing is happening. It's going well. This thing is not going so well. How do I be more attentive to my children? How do I take care of all these plants that I have? Assuming that you are one of those people that has plants, not me. I just said it. How do I water myself? You know, how do I tend to all of my personal needs, community and family and all of that? I'm speaking for all of us. I get it. I understand if you are overwhelmed right now, and I didn't even mention like, how do I A, B, C, D, E, F, G in the midst of all of the wild shit that is happening right now. One of the cuss words had to slip out, not sorry. While things are happening, injustices, violence, just I I'm not getting into all of that because that is not helpful. It is not useful. This is a place of respite that for the most part you can come to Black in the Garden to not be further reminded of the shit show that is, you know, taking place on this stage called The World. <laughs> But I maintained that earth is not trash. It is not ghetto. It is not something that needs to be saved. It's not raggedy. It's a very strong, beautiful, resilient thing. But I just have to say that. Somebody had to say it. Yeah, that's that's just a little bit about where I'm at. But, you know, this is a celebration of seeds of resilience. And the theme is, is spot on because continuing to at least try to thrive is the very definition of resilience and carrying on to the best of your ability. Sometimes that means dragging. I get it. I've been there. I'm actually kind of there. But yeah, to to know that things that are happening and sprouting and growing and going well, while also knowing that there is a need to continue tending and toiling and, and just keeping at it. I see you if that's that's where you're at. I feel you. I hope that you see me and that you are feeling me, and that you are feeling seeds of resilience. Go get into these episode notes, get that link so that you can tune in. We unpack it in the interview, but it is a documentary that is specifically emphasizing the stories of Black farmers in Atlanta. I'm gonna hush now so that we can enjoy this celebration of Seeds of Resilience. Make sure that you are getting tuned in. And Soil Cousins, I appreciate you. Tune in to the next episode where we will get more into the story of Tabia Listen B. Parker. But for now, let us appreciate and celebrate the origin story of Seeds of Resilience. Hey, Soil Cousins, welcome to hey. this very special episode of Black in the Garden. We are going to get into Seeds of Resilience with the visionary behind it, Tabia Listenby Parker, a gatherer of stories, a storyteller, if you will and very much about that Black oral tradition life. So let's get into it. Welcome, Talia, to Black in the Garden.
1: Thank you, Cola. Thank you for having me. Of course, it's a pleasure to be here. Yeah. Black in the Garden is, uh, yeah, like y'all y'all are my jam. Let me just say it that way.
0: We love to know, Soil Cousin. You know that's what that makes you. And uh, tell us your pronouns.
1: She and they. And I, I, our- uh, I accept all of my my genders and identities.
0: All genders and identities. And I just needed to hear you say that because I want to remind anyone who may not be familiar with why Soil Cousin is the language that we use to describe the family here Mm -hmm. is because it includes all identities. And that's really the point. The Soil connects us and that's the way that I get to show that honor and respect to everyone. As they come as they are, as they identify as they are, as a soil cousin and part of the Black in the Garden family. So FYI, did you know that?
1: I oh, did not know all that. I love it then.
0: A little history lore, if you will.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so let's get into your story, who you is, why you do all of this. It's important. The people want to know, you know, turns out that's like foundational to storytelling, which I'm sure you know a lot about. So everything starts with a seed.
1: My relationship to food and also my relationship to, cam- to the camera is how Seeds of Resilience really came to be. Um, mm. I improved my relationship through food following a really bad injury I had. Uh, I was playing in an adult basketball league, uh, busted my knee, and I was out. I was out. I didn't. I was an entrepreneur. I didn't have any insurance. I was just out here with a busted oh, no. knee trying to figure it out i um, very grateful for the friends who showed up for me and, and helped me and, and help guide me back to health. What I needed was movement. You know, I was feeling really complacent and really uh, sedentary. And so I was like, okay, what do I need to do? So anyway, I was recommended that I could begin to hike. And so that forged a new relationship between me and nature. I changed my diet, it helped the inflammation go down and I was essentially able to heal, heal myself through that process. So wow. I had a brand new relationship with food from that point on. Um, so that relationship developed into me wanting to know more about the food I was eating And so I was learning about a lot of black, creators in Atlanta in general and doing a lot of work with Black artists, uh, small Black businesses, then eventually got linked up and took a position at Foodwell Alliance as, as a marketing director or what they were asking for was a storyteller. Um, and so at the time at my life, it seemed like the right point of intersection for me to come in as a storyteller and to learn more about the food that I was now uh, becoming kind of nerded out about, you know. I knew then I wanted to learn how to grow my own food and I'm just that kind of immersive person. So oh, uh, through that experience, coming in, putting my marketer hat on, um, you got to do a lay of the land. You got to do, you know, the traditional SWOT analysis to see what's going on with the client and or organization that you're working with. And in doing that analysis of what their relationship to the community looked like, to the people they were working with looked like, um, I found a lot of um, Rifts, so to speak. I saw some, some, some fray in the communication. I saw. I always kind of came into storytelling uh, in an ethical way. You know, we are not the owners of the story, which is why I say story gatherer often, because I don't own the story. I'm just the medium for which it comes through. And so, what I noticed was there was a breach in what I call trust communications, and you know, trying to figure out. know they're doing all this work um but we're they were noticing a lack in in community support you know for a lot of reasons you know we don't have time to get into today Uh, but there was an opportunity to heal the communication between this organization and the community that they were working on behalf of which is the atlanta community the community of urban growers and community gardeners and so in my process of learning about the local food system in atlanta my best way to learn is to listen. And so I said, well, the first thing we have to do (laughs) is listen, uh, sit down and talk to people about the experiences that they're owning without, you know, the lens of the white gaze, without the lens of saviorhood and without anything that's not culturally relevant, culturally sensitive um, and sometimes culturally accurate. So I wanted to... Encourage this organization to take themselves out of the story in order to shorten the distance between their cause and their mission and the people they were doing it on behalf of.
0: I really love how you indicated cultural accuracy and the importance of that. It sounded like it took some bravery to come in and tell this organization that is is interested in serving the community or is actively attempting to, that, you know, you can't center yourself in this community in a way that is not organic, essentially. And cultural accuracy could be one of the themes of you deciding to be a story gatherer to gather the types of stories that you're gathering. So, yeah, I love how this is all coming together with respect to that. It just feels very much like a thread Mm -hmm. to the whole seeds of resilience documentary would you call it a project as a creator or
1: what's the oh, most
0: accurate well, term I would
1: probably call it an archive oh wow yeah it um, is
0: an archive
1: yeah oh, a I mean I knew I couldn't do what I needed to do well at a desk right so mm-hmm. you know from the gate I was like I got to get outside I got to get on these farms I got to meet the people growing food And some of them I knew and revered kind of from a distance already, just in my individual work and searching. But now within this capacity, I had... um, you know, kind of a two-pronged approach because not only was I really, really like motivated by this subject matter and wanted to learn, you know, I wanted to know, I wanted to know their personal experiences. Uh, I wanted to know their whys. I wanted to know uh, their reasons. I wanted to know their ways, like all these different things. And, you know, you can come up as a curious kid with all these questions and there's no, there's very little uh, attention in that, in that dialogue. However, because I was coming with the badge of this organization along with me, I had to, you know, assure people as best I could that I'm here to do something different. And um, as I talked to them more and more, as I sat with them more and more, as I would, you know, work with them more and more in their farms. I would even enter the programs that they were teaching, um, not as a worker or an employee of this organization, but just as a person who wanted to learn. Um, yeah. And through that process, recognizing the jewels that they were dropping on me, like mm-hmm. stuff I didn't even know the amount of black lead farms in this area. I had no idea. And I'd been here for like 20 years. And I felt wow. some shame about that, not shame that, wow. that, that, that you know sat me down but Shane that picked me up like let me go out here and and you know give these folks their flowers and see if they'd be willing to share those flowers with the rest of the world and um you know that trust those relationships are something i hold very very sacred and Mm uh what we needed to do was to let them guide that process um and so c's resilience was different in the sense that um, I wasn't sitting there, you know, rattling off questions, right? I gave them a few like very basic prompt questions, you know, a few weeks ahead of time, like here are the things that we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about mm-hmm. essential knowledge. We're going to talk about land access and ownership. We're going to talk about farming techniques, traditional techniques. We're going to talk about uh, growing food, growing production, distribution, and we're going to talk about your whys and the wisdom that led you to where you are. Um, And so I would just give them that kind of uh, scope and then set down two folks, whether they knew each other or not, because that was the other thing I was learning by talking to them was that a lot of uh, growers knew of each other, but some of them didn't know each other. And there was so much brilliance um, uh, being shared in this community and not all these folks were connected. And I'm not saying they needed me to connect them by any way, but um, the opportunity for a new farmer to sit down and essentially interview a seasoned farmer proved, uh, proved to be something really magical. Um, yeah. And I just got out the way. <laughs> I just got out the way.
0: A facilitator. Yeah. You got to facilitate that. And that's when I said curator, that's part of what I was thinking about. It was like, you know, you made some great pairings and I watched and seeing what I saw. I could definitely say wow. It whether you knew what what kind of connection they had outside of doing the same thing, getting them together and you could match up different people, you know, but the people that you did pair for the sake of the finished product, mm-hmm. it was very rich.
1: Thank you. And um, a lot of it was intentional, some of it wasn't. Yeah. Um yeah some of it was just like let's see what happens but other things i was like hmm i heard this in this conversation i heard this in this conversation what if those two people talked you know Mm. um what if you know like i said uh, a newer farmer had the opportunity to tell Uh, a more seasoned farmer like, man, I've been watching you for so long. You know, I've been admiring your work for so long. You inspired me to start growing my own food. You inspired me to do that. that. Like, yes, that's you know, that's essentially what it was for. Yes, an organization can use that kind of energy to raise awareness for their mission and for their organization. And so I'm glad that that was an important, you know, byproduct. However, I think the primary purpose of this was to like remove all the bells and whistles, sit in an actual farm and listen to people talk about their experiences, be them good or bad, and their viewpoints and perspectives, because, you know, organizations work all the time without the influence or without the the ideas or the approaches or the brilliance that many growers have to offer. Um, this organization really wanted to design their programs and their mission around what growers needed. And the only way to do that was to ask them and to ask them to trust yeah. us to do good work with that information that we were getting from them. Yeah, it gave me a new love of Atlanta because having the ability to connect with multiple identities to multiple cultures, yeah. um, is what makes people feel connected, is what creates belonging. And it's, mm-hmm. it's all those opportunities I've had to do that is what's kept me here. Atlanta has been good for my spirit. You know, it's it's the South and there are things that come with that, but Atlanta is black as hell. You know, like Yay. I really came here <laughs> and stayed here because there are some, some serious things at play um, because we are this tiny speck in the South. Um, the audacity, the tenacity of um, social justice movements in Atlanta, that gets me up in the morning. It it lights my fire. I stay a student because there are folks who've been out here doing this work so long. And so I knew that my best way to be a part of that um, and not get in the way was to encapsulate it, to, to archive the experiences they were having. And what I noticed is that, you know, and looking through like the image library at this organization, like where where the where the black folks, you know, like where, mm. you know, we in the city, but this this is not um, reflective of the demographics of the city, you know, yeah, um, right? The demographics <laughs> of people you're working with, and you know, again, there's, there's lots of reasons that happen, and a lot of it predated me. Um, But at that point, I needed to be intentional. And if I was going to do this work, I needed to do it in a way that featured people that highlighted their work, um, not just their production, you know, because they're not just growing food to go to the farmer's market like they're growing food to 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 light people's fire, to to remind communities that you know they have the resources they need, or at least some of them. Excuse me, uh, mm-hmm. they have the people in the community who have those resources who can connect them to that food. You know, um, diet related illnesses are huge in our in our communities, and mm-hmm. just having the option. Yeah, you know, terms like food desert comes up, and you know, there's a lot of pushback against that because. Um, it almost insinuates a lack of possibility, and mm-hmm. I think that what we know about communities of color, especially, is that we can make a lot of seemingly impossible things possible. And that's um, resilience. That's resilience, and mm-hmm. like truly, there's nothing deserted. Like these are rich, deep, beautiful yeah. communities who will make a way no matter what. And mm-hmm. food is a is an important stitch in that connection.
0: Wow, all these gems that you were dropping. When you said social justice in relation to Atlanta, it really took me back. Um, I also love that you mentioned the richness and the diversity and the resilience of Black neighborhoods that are mislabeled, but with all that in mind, I'm thinking about... Especially because there's something that you did when you tapped into the the social justice with Atlanta having such a rich history of um, social justice and being a critical hub, you know, just physically and being part of history in that way.
1: And so, um, yeah, it gave me a new love of Atlanta because like I was saying earlier, having the ability to connect with multiple identities to multiple cultures yeah. um, is what makes people feel connected, is what creates belonging. And it's, mm-hmm. it's all those opportunities I've had to do that is what's kept me here. Atlanta has been good for my spirit. You know, it's it's the South and there are things that come with that. But Atlanta is Black as hell, you know, like Yay. I really came <laughs> here and stayed here because, um, like I said, while there are some some serious things at play um, because we are this tiny speck in the South. Um, The audacity, the tenacity of um, social justice movements in Atlanta, that gets me up in the morning. It it lights my fire. I stay a student because there are folks who've been out here doing this work so long. And so I knew that my best way to be a part of that um, and not get in the way was to yeah, encapsulated to, to archive the experiences they were having. And what I noticed is that, you know, and looking through like the image library at this organization, like where, where the, where the black folks, you know, like where, Mm. you know, we in the city, but this, this is not um, reflective of the demographics of the city, you know, Um, right. The demographics (laughs) of people you're working with. And, you know, again, there's, Lots of reasons that happened and a lot of it predated me, Um, but at that point I needed to be intentional and if I was going to do this work I needed to do it in a way that featured people that highlighted their work, um, not just their production, you know, because they're not just growing food to go to the farmers market like they're growing food to. to to light people's fire to to remind communities that you know they have the resources they need or at least some of them excuse me uh mm-hmm. they have the people in the community who have those resources who can connect them to that food you know um diet related illnesses are huge in our in our communities and mm-hmm. um just having the option yeah like i was uh, talking you know terms like food desert comes up and you know there's a lot of pushback against that because um, it almost insinuates a lack of possibility and I think that what we know um, about you know uh, communities of color especially is that we can make a lot of impossible seemingly impossible things possible and that's um, resilience. That's resilience and Mm -hmm. like truly there's nothing deserted. Like these are rich, deep, beautiful communities. um, Like I said, who will make a way uh, no matter what. And Mm -hmm. food is is an important stitch in that connection.
0: A lot of, wow, all these gems that you were dropping. I, when you said social justice in relation to Atlanta, it really took me back. Yeah. Um I also love that you mentioned the richness and the diversity and the resilience of um black neighborhoods that are mislabeled. I've been yeah. thinking a lot about how with all of the respective things that we do, how we are debunking the misconceptions around black people dealing with the land, the soil, mm-hmm. whatever. I'm like that's actually the whole Yet another theme behind Black in the Garden in in talking in the way that we talk and sharing as much as we share. And I still don't feel like I'm saying enough.
1: (laughs) I mean, that's real. There's nothing inferior about about our folks. And I know people know that, right? These are really strong words to be using, but there's nothing inferior about our inherent connection to the land. Um, and as a matter of fact, it is the root of where our power exists, uh, to be able to be self-sustainable, to be able to be sovereign in the ways that we design, develop and operate our communities. Um, everything about that is superior.
0: That is really true. I'm not even gonna argue. I can't argue with that. That is, I I love facts. So (laughs) what do you want I mean I feel like we could end right there cuz you really just that was game ender you know what I'm saying it's like you hit the the shot at the the halfway shot you it's a basketball reference the buzzer you it, beater you got it in the buzzer you're standing in the middle of the court I know how to say this stuff Something I can like see that, it in my mind I, did, I, I see what it was too
1: happening. I see it too
0: yes um but yeah that was a whole gym that you just dropped so what do you want everyone to take away from uh, Seeds of Resilience when they take it all in? Is, mm. is it, well, I guess, let me let me ask this before I ask that. Um, is it important to take it all in, take in every episode, like binge it if possible? Or um, do you think that it goes best if you watch it and, you know, maybe like take some notes, just reflect on it? Mm. What would you prefer? What would you recommend? How would you recommend
1: uh, mm.
0: we take in season Resilience?
1: Mm. Um, however, whatever the design of your family, sit your family down and watch it together. Um, I'm hoping that that family includes uh, both biological family and chosen family. I hope it's gener- intergenerational. I hope that it uh, stretches across ethnicities and, and gender identities because um, it's an opportunity to sit down and see people um, not only for what they do, but who they are and why they do what they do. Um, So that first, uh, watch it by yourself and watch it with people, you know, um, and listen, you know, watch it a second time if you want to take some notes for sure. But um, after you've watched and listened and felt the passion that I hope is really um, apparent and that I hope comes through, go meet your closest farmer. You know,
0: tell us about the premiere.
1: All right, and so.
0: how we can get into it and see it for ourselves.
1: Uh, so the season two premieres. Well, uh, season one you can uh, watch on Foodwell Alliance's uh, website. That's FoodwellAlliance.org. So the season two premiere takes place at the Fulton County Central Library, which I'm very excited about. Um, This was a library that I think they were considering tearing down at some point in time, Um, but it's a really cool library. Um, Downtown? Yeah, right downtown. It's it's got that that good old book smell in it. So
0: I've taken in some really amazing culture in that particular building. It's a good Absolutely. place. I'm
1: glad it's still here. I'm, I'm glad sure. it's still here too. And that's part of the reason <laughs> I'm so excited that the premiere is happening there. Hosted by uh, someone I'm a big fan of, Lois Rice it's from WABE. Lois, yeah. yes. And so we'll, we'll screen season two and then we'll have a little panel with not only some of the participants from this season, but also uh, one of the creators from the initial idea. And I'm so glad that we were able to bring this thing to light and yeah, we're just gonna hang out, talk about it, and um, yeah, I'm I'm jazzed to see you know how people respond to it. So
0: hey, so when this episode airs, it will be either day of or maybe day after. Yeah,
1: if all goes well, uh, there'll be a season three, and I'd really like to focus on um, women growers uh, specifically.
0: And uh, soil cousins, all of the information that you need for how you can view. Seeds of Resilience is certainly going to be indicated in the episode notes. So we are super excited about what is going to happen, and how this is going to impact everyone who sees it and, you know, ultimately impact the world. So Tavia, did we leave anything else out?
1: So if you want to check out uh, some of my work, I, I really need to do a lot of updating on my platforms, but I can be reached on Instagram at captured by Tavia. My website is capturedbytavia.com. And yeah, live in light. Keep growing.
0: That's why I wish you when we're done. It's love, light, and soil. Thank you, Tavia.
1: That's right. That's right.